I'm your host, Nadine of 818 Events, and this is 818 Conversate. Every episode is going to feel like a spontaneous road trip with your closest friends. Bring your luggage, because we'll be unpacking everything. I'm going to be joined by an awesome passenger every now and then, and who knows, we might even pick up a hitchhiker along the way. Picture this, you're vibing, spilling the tea, storytelling, reminiscing, manifesting even. There might also be a little detour of controversy here and there, and we may even have to pump the brakes when shit gets too real. But it will always be a good-ass conversation and the road trip that you don't want to end. Episodes will drop the 8th and the 18th of every month, so in the spirit of a dope road trip, be sure to grab your travel snacks, crank up the volume, hop in the whip, and let's ride! Okay, so this is 818 and Conversate, and this is actually episode number nine, and I am here with Nicole DeVell. She's going to tell you who she is and what she's all about, but um, I'm excited about this episode because I actually wanted to have you on the pod. I've asked you, I asked you like a little while back, so... a while ago, like a couple months ago. Yeah, so I'm excited to have you on, and um, just some background, we met because I attended a workshop that Mm -hmm. you were, I guess, hosting, right? Yeah. where you were actually the, the feature yes. of the workshop. Yes. <laughs> and I sat down. I had no idea what to expect. And I brought a few friends because we were like, let's go together. Let's figure out this experience together. And um, we all had no idea what to expect. And we sat down and this voice just started. First of all, you were like this beauty. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, you were just this beauty. But then your voice kicked in and this like sultry, calming voice just like filled the room and um following that you shared a lot about excuse me your personal life um Mm. some of your challenges and struggles and then kind of like what you've shed to get to where you are now and you opened up a lot of people that day I remember a lot of tears a lot of sharing a lot of vulnerability it was really quite an experience so I'm really excited to have you on here because thank I think you. people need to know who you are and what you're doing thank you for having me I really appreciate that you also um when COVID kicked in I also had you do like a little workshop with some colleagues and stuff as well which was like really refreshing because it was such mm. a weird time and mm. like frame of mind to be in at that time but introduce yourself a little bit more tell everybody who you are and what you yeah, do yeah thank you thank you um I am Nicole Devell mm. and I am a spiritual guide and I've been in the life coaching space for about three years now so working with people one-on-one on really helping them unravel the truth of who they are and, and create a container for non-judgment and understanding and I find in those containers people get a chance to really like unravel and shed and and even in that workshop I remember one of the most pivotal things that we did was we had everyone sort of write down something that they were really struggling with Mm -hmm. that they weren't quite ready to share in front of the group and we read them (laughs) and we had no idea where those sort of confessions were coming from but I think what it did was help people realize that we're all struggling so much Mm -hmm. and that there's so much relatability and community and so that's like a huge part of the work that I do and since I've been working one-on-one, I've run group programs in, you know, understanding women's cycles and in astrology and in um, really fostering self-development. Mm-hmm. And yeah, um, recently birthed Oracle City, which is a spiritual conscious platform and connecting to like creative consciousness and higher vibrational living. And so, yeah, that's me. Honestly... If anybody has ever met you, like, I feel like they just want to gravitate towards you Mm -hmm. all the time. No, seriously. Um, So tell me 
what like led you to like get into this realm of life coaching and Mm. all of the spiritual development and stuff yeah yeah I think it was being in a world where I was like living hard and fast and it was really fun for a long time but living hard and fast gets old Mm -hmm. and you know I studied journalism and kind of dabbled in a bit of television and then I traveled and um, but I think throughout that whole whole time I was always kind of just drinking and and having a good time and looking for the next place to go out or the next place to travel was always like I was always searching for something adrenaline kick too right all the time yeah just always like searching for something outside of me Mm -hmm. to like make me feel full Um, and then I was living out west for a little while with an ex-partner and still doing the same thing kind of like five years later Uh and was really reflective about my own life and took some courses that were really pivotal and and I was just done. Like, I was done with a lot of the patterns. And, um, yeah, I got my first certification in coaching in the end of 2017, beginning of 2018. And, and that just started pivoting my relationship to health. Mm-hmm. And then when you start to take care of you, things start to open up. Right. Yep. So, yeah, I would say it was just a long run of living hard and fast. And, and you kind of hit this. That wasn't quite my rock bottom yet. It was about another year later where I was like, okay, I had to make some huge shifts. But it was the beginning of, of figuring out that I really wanted to work in service and work with people. people. Mm-hmm. It's funny because I think it was episode three. I sat down with Maria and the whole topic of that episode was soaking it all up. And it came... Um, you know, the conversation came to a point where we were talking about like, you know, the people that we keep around us and Mm. the decisions that we make for ourselves and all of that, like you're either soaking up all this negativity Mm. or you're soaking up all this positivity Mm. and you have to make all those individual choices. So just hearing you say kind of, you know, eventually everything just kind of felt like negative and more like rock bottom that you had to shift to a different place because after that you're just absorbing all of this negativity around you that like where else do you have to go but up kind of yeah totally and I think like it's easy to stay the same and it's easy to waste time and it's easy to keep doing the things you've been doing Mm -hmm. you know it takes hard yeah it takes hard work and courage to look at your life and say okay I need to make huge changes Mm -hmm. and um, I was bored I was like bored with my life yeah I really was like I was just bored so yeah when we first started this podcast we talked a lot about the comfort zone and then I did a whole little episode for number two Mm -hmm. just about the comfort zone and getting out of it and um yeah eventually you get to a place where like you plateau right and it it can become boring or it can become a little bit dangerous as well right so you know if you don't pivot Mm -hmm. and figure out something you're stuck there Mm -hmm. so Um, you know, you're very open. We were talking just before we started recording, but you're very open about sharing your story about some of the, you know, the darker places you were in. Um, and you know, this like fast, hard life. So you talk about sobriety and, you know, I would love for everybody to kind of have a frame of reference, um, as to what you mean when you talk about it, because people have their own interpretations of what that means. For sure. For sure. So I think it's great to pull apart that stigma, right? Because I don't think from an observation or perception standpoint, you would kind of see me out in the world and say, hey, like, okay, this woman's sober and she hit rock bottom. Mm -hmm. Um, I like pulling it apart because the truth of addiction, alcoholism, alcohol abuse is really just recurring a pattern that is self harm right when Mm -hmm. when we talk about sobriety it's about making a choice to pivot away from abusing your own well-being and that's your mental well-being your physical well-being your spiritual Mm well-being you know I think 
Um, and this is so subjective to every person. There's sort of this exploratory phase from, say, 19 to 25 or whatnot. And when I was having a good time, I wasn't really thinking about those choices. And that was totally okay. But then I started to really wake up as, as I was starting to mature into my life that these choices are not making me happy. I was dealing with a lot of shame, a lot of guilt, a lot of self-loathing. Um, now I'm very clear on the reasons I was drinking or the reasons I was smoking pot or the reasons I was taking. Because you were um, able to step away and look at it from the outside in, for right? For sure. And like, why was I doing recreational drugs? Um, and a lot of it came from the personality defects that I viewed as not possible unless I was partaking right mm-hmm. so like I think a lot of people indulge in marijuana because they don't feel or believe they can be creative without it that was a huge element for me I didn't feel I could be creative without it mm-hmm. that's interesting yeah with alcohol it was like I felt I couldn't be confident in a social setting if I didn't have it the truth is, is I should be able to go to a social setting and have my own personal sense of self-confidence and I should believe that creativity comes from an innate place within me. I don't necessarily need to have something to... Fill that void. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I definitely am clear that alcohol and drugs were a huge part of my life and uh, they had more power over me than I had power over it. And you start to learn that in your journey of sobriety. And sobriety is a spiritual choice and a spiritual path. And I can't really take people down that road if I'm not willing to do it Mm -hmm. um and it's a huge act of courage and self-love but yeah I think if and when you hear someone getting sober understand that they've made a choice that's probably one of the most difficult things that they can do so that they can love and take care of themselves and it doesn't mean that they were homeless or they had a debilitating addiction yeah 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 it just means that or even necessarily anything obvious to other people right? right exactly um yeah I was and I wasn't like wildly destroying my life that's always something that I like to to speak about but if I continued down that path um yeah I probably could or would have it's funny because um you know just hearing you speak about that there's a few other things that fall in line with that right like people have addictions to spending Mm. and to you know even sex like 100 these are these are things that people don't feel fulfilled unless that they unless they take part in these things right? yeah and so if it you don't necessarily um categorize them as yeah. the same like thing when For you sure. think about them off the top of your head you don't think of like spending as an addiction right Absolutely. but i see people go into very dark places or very dangerous zones just because of those addictions. Yeah. But they don't feel like that's something that affects them the same way that, you know, recreational drug use would or drinking. Absolutely. It does. And really what addiction is, is continuously choosing a harmful behavior and then expecting a different result and doing it over and over again and expecting a different result. I'm going to spin off of that for one second. Mm -hmm. I just thought of something that you're saying that when you say that, what is your perspective on people that, you know, somebody might look at and say you're in a toxic relationship and it might not be because it's abusive or it might not be because, Mm. um, you know, financially or anything like that. Mm. But when you, you know, maybe, you know, somebody that's in a relationship that has no boundaries Mm -hmm. or isn't actually elevating or growing into something else. Like, do you think that that's similar to that, to the addiction? A hundred percent. 
So we get addicted to also our stimulation Mm -hmm. factor, right? And stimulation isn't always necessarily positive. Stimulation can be highly negative, highly toxic. And that is, you know, I've been reading a lot about codependency and like the attachment theory. And what happens is we are constantly being activated the same way we would be if we were activated by drugs or alcohol, right? We, it's a high Mm -hmm. and we're, we're addicted to that high that someone can give us and then we're crashing. And it's the same way as when we're abusing something physical. So absolutely toxic relationships. And you know, this word toxic has become um, very mainstream. Yeah, very thrown around. But it's it's just a matter of, of, of understanding secure attachments and healthy relationships. But for sure, um, imbalanced relationships Mm -hmm. are just in the same realm as, as addiction and, and, Abuse. Yeah, I was just curious. I just wanted your perspective on that because I just thought of it when you were talking about doing the same thing. It's that a cycle. cycle, right? Yeah. And I've thought about relationships that I've been in in the past where it was kind of like that codependency, and and you're codependent on something that's not even good for you. Mm-hmm. Then that's that's a very yeah. dangerous place to be. Yeah, it's interesting when we think of our healthy choices. I think there's sort of sometimes this view of like being healthy is boring, right? Having healthy relationships can be boring or choosing a healthy lifestyle can seem boring. And it's even spirituality too. You know, there's this idea around it that it has to go a certain way. Uh Um, But the truth is, is, you know, healthy is cool. Like being healthy is cool for you. (laughs) I'm with it. I'm with it. Especially mental health. So let's get into the spirituality topic. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, you are very multifaceted, right? So your life coaching, I've learned, doesn't always necessarily come from a spiritual base. It comes also from like, you know, some science and all these things that we're talking Mm -hmm. about right now. But talk to me about spirituality, because I feel like for you, that is a very prominent Mm -hmm. part of your world. Yeah. Um, So share kind of like, um, you know, what your belief on spirituality is for somebody and kind of like what that experience is like for you yeah. Uh, personally. Yeah, I think it's such a personal choice. Mm-hmm. I, you know, when I look at spirituality in my life, it's being able to turn over my suffering, my frustration, my pain um, to something bigger than myself all the time. Like spirituality is being able to say, okay, when this person triggers me in a way, I'm going to, I'm going to pause. I'm going to take a moment. I'm going to really understand what's going on with me and do my best to respond instead of react. Or if I'm really feeling shitty because of some choices that I've been making, I'm going to do my best to eat healthy so that I can nourish my body. Like spirituality is a constant choice to honor yourself. It's not about being on headspace Mm -hmm. or, you know, going to therapy be all the time it's about who are you choosing to be in every facet of your life and how willing yeah how willing are you to to admit your faults your wrongs to yourself yeah yeah, everything (laughs) so a part of what I really want to do is break that stigma as well Mm -hmm. because I think you know even through COVID there's been this huge awakening of spirituality and um there is a wave of ascension people are starting to wake up there's no doubt about it but it is about wholeness as an individual Mm -hmm. so that you can vibrate at a level that's affecting others and therefore creating sort of that wave or that that repercussion that is that is waking up others like other people yeah you know i don't know that i understood about vibrations Mm. in the sense of like spirituality before as much as i probably do in the last couple years yeah um dating keith has been like an opening to that Mm -hmm. um when i sat down with maria we talked about vibrations Mm -hmm. and they're a real thing and that um again it goes back to the soaking it up right like 
who you keep around you, their energy really pours into you and vice versa. And if you have like poor vibrations around you, like you're feeding off of that. For sure. And as an individual, if you're not making choices that take care of you on all levels, you know, exactly what you're saying, your whole, your whole being, yeah. then that can really start to weigh on you. So, um, what has your, what has your personal connection to spirituality been like? You know, Oof. like, does it, is it, um, like religion based? Mm. Is it, you know, you are very big in astrology. Is it astrology based? Is it fill me in? Tell me about yeah, that. That's a good question. I would say, um, and it's definitely your, yeah and does your work and sorry to cut you off does your work um come from a very spiritual base when you're doing yeah. these one-on-one coaching For sessions sure. and stuff absolutely yeah so i would completely eliminate religion i've never been religious at all um i think religion is beautiful because it's held in faith mm-hmm. but i also think sometimes it feels quite organized mm-hmm. and, and and um almost oppressive at times and that's just my personal opinion i would say my spirituality definitely comes from my mental well-being and my mindset and what am i saying and how am i connecting and how much time am i willing to get myself grounded and centered and clear so my spirituality comes a lot from from sensory living too how am i feeling what am i eating what am i experiencing how does this person feel like it is always coming from a, a feeling place and then yeah i mean practices for sure as you know i've incorporated sound i have meditation in my life uh, water therapy so it, it really is sort of just an everyday choice but i would absolutely say sobriety has been a huge turning point when it comes to my spirituality because if i want to make a choice in my life that is about living wholesome um, clear and willing then it means that i have to give it up to something bigger than myself because willpower is not always going to get you to the places that you want to get the last episode we did was called me versus me and it was more based on fitness but it really came back to like an individual's perseverance Mm -hmm. and funny enough Mm -hmm. community as well right Mm -hmm. and that's why i think what you do is so interesting and so unique as well because a lot of people do what you do and kind of stick to one stream right where it's simply just working one-on-one with clients and then you know you do that but you also work on building a community yeah creating an environment for people to be very vulnerable and Mm -hmm. share with each other because Mm -hmm. you also how do i say this like we also don't know what other people are going through so when Mm -hmm. we sit in a room with somebody and we hear somebody else's experience we either can relate to that experience or open our minds to a different perspective on that experience because what you think you know or what you think you might feel about that can be very circumstantial right you may hear something that sounds one way and somebody else has a different storyline that connects with you differently so you know i've been very impressed with what you do because you create these different streams for connecting with people in different ways and you know for anyone who hasn't experienced any of these things that you do, I highly recommend it because it, it definitely was that for me, that was a very eye-opening experience. I think yeah. I even cry, I got emotional on that. Yeah, that, I remember that day. you did. It was, yeah. it was a good experience. Um, it was very, I don't know what the word, um, I'm trying to think of what the word is. Not lethargic. That's the, that's authentic? the opposite. Uh, it was very authentic. It was very humbling. I think that's a good word, yeah. you know, um, you really take a step back and like reassess things internally so to be able to do that regularly with someone like yourself god you got to be willing to like face things and that's where i bring up this like me versus me stuff because 
when it came to um, Miguel, you know, he was talking about that internal conversation that he has with himself Mm. when he was trying to get to a place of like, you know, who am I and where am I at right now and where do I want to be? And every day was like he even if it was just like running a little further or a little longer, you know, it was doing something different than he did the day before. For sure. And for sure. Yeah. From that exposure and vulnerability, he built a community. And now they have a me versus me mentality group that yeah. runs together and like, you know, they support each other. And that's why I think what you do is so unique because it's like kind of the same, you know, like what you're mm-hmm. doing is very individual work, but mm-hmm. you can build a community from that. So well, I, thank you for saying that. There. I appreciate it. <laughs> um, so talk to me about this, um, the sound baths and the yeah. sound healing and stuff. Cause yeah. I, I'm super intrigued by it. Uh, about a year and a half ago, um, Keith and I actually went, um, to celebrate kind of like my mom's passing anniversary. We mm. went to do some like Reiki healing and stuff mm. like that, but we went to this like crystal shop yes. and they had this massive wall, a beautiful, I don't know what they're called. Like, what are the bowls? Are they just called bowls? Yeah, they're like crystal sound bowls, yeah. I would say. Or there's like Tibetan singing bowls. Yes. Like, they kind of come in different forms. They just had like this yes. wall of all these different sizes and then this massive one. Yeah. And she like did a sample of the sound for mm. us and it's just like so invigorating. Mm-hmm. So tell me about this, like yeah. how you started this. Yeah, so sound is such, I mean, sound's been a big part of my life for so long. I think ever since I was little, like I always wanted to sing and perform. And Yes, know, and that's something yeah. I just, I I literally have known you now all this time. I follow you on social media. Yeah. Sorry to cut you off. Okay. And just yesterday, <laughs> I saw that you do this singing yeah, business. It's and fun. Like, it's oh my god! And your mind. voice is beautiful, Thank and it's you. so soulful. Like Thank I, you. I don't, I didn't expect anything less. But I was very. <laughs> very impressed when I saw that so kudos to you but yeah yeah, so sound and singing has always been kind of like your yeah sound has always been something I think within me and how do I even where do I start so I've always sang here and there on the side absolutely and then I took a trip actually before my trip I have this one text it's called healing mantras and it's about by this author named Thomas Ashley Friend and I remember reading it once and going through and I was like this is magnificent wow this is something that I can use because I think what's really important is a lot of us use our voices whether we're singing speaking um it's just such a powerful tool and our throat chakra is such an important part of our healing as women or just as anybody um and I started working with like Sanskrit chanting and learning about it and and how it can work and alleviate the chakra system so I was really fascinated by that I did some work in in sound healing and I still do it at all of the ceremonies that we do and work with with sound. But then Michelle, my partner at ceremony, she is a sound healing artist. So she plays a sound bath at every ceremony. But I actually had this really pivotal experience in Tulum in December. I went to an overnight solstice ceremony. Yeah. So it was like this nine and a half hour gong sound ceremony that blew my mind. I would say some of the pillar foundations when it comes to sound is it really changes time and space. Mm -hmm. It, it allows your body to relax into a being of consciousness where things are starting to shift that you don't even know are shifting. Once you allow your body to physically relax, the mind starts to relax. Mm -hmm. And when we allow sound to come in, it starts to shift our subconscious from a like chakra standpoint. So 
Um, Michelle has her bowl set up and she's playing each bowl depending on the size is connecting to a sound that is a part of our chakra system Mm -hmm. right and our chakra system are these energy centers that we need to work to clear because trauma pain and experiences get trapped in the body Mm -hmm. they do and so you know there's somatic work and there's sound work there's so much out there but it's becoming a louder conversation that we need to release these things from our body so sound allows you the opportunity to to relax it allows the brain to start to shift it starts reprogramming the subconscious mind um and you know i am an advocate for sanskrit and chanting and sound and Mm -hmm. then we've incorporated this into our ceremonies and it's it's fantastic work um years ago i was getting a massage and i was speaking to the massage therapist and i was actually talking about like you know you clench your jaw Mm -hmm. or people that have um car accident injuries or something mm. like that your body holds that trauma like Absolutely. you're saying in those places and i remember saying to her like you know i get a lot of tension in my jaw i always have since i was a kid um and she was like oh well if you we can do a massage that like uh, alleviates your jaw and all of that she's like but it can be highly emotional she's like i want to warn you for sure it can be highly emotional and i was a little confused by that but what she said is that a lot of what we experience we hold in our jaw sure. and we, that's part of the clenching and that's part of you know that that tension um but when you release that mm-hmm. when you physically release that it releases with a lot of emotion mm-hmm. i thought that was so interesting and so to hear you talk about you know the chakras it's not even shocking to me anymore because yeah. i understand that like we really do hold things in different parts of our body and For spaces sure. and she related it back to car accidents where like You know, victims who are going through therapy from certain areas where trauma has happened in their body, it can also be very emotional because there's this release of, you know, not only pain and discomfort, but also like the experience that happened that associates with it. 100%. And I think, you know, a lot of what I am, what's important to me and even with Oracle City is having these like progressive conversations around what's possible, right? Like Mm -hmm. we talk about chakras and, you know, there might be a couple of people that watch this podcast are like, yeah, I totally know it. But not a lot of people know that this is a huge opportunity for you to grow and mm-hmm. so i think that that's what's important but yes like if you've have you heard of like the emotional freedom technique when you're like you're like tapping and you like start tapping i've heard of chest. it but i haven't yeah it's I'm, like a full-blown <laughs> like epidemic we, and might, have, we, might, have to, like, we might have to come so check like, out some of these tapping like your face and your chest it <laughs> feels tapping so in the background. good it feels so good but people will start doing like this eft and yeah like start crying because they're yeah, releasing trauma gets yeah. so trapped in the body yeah maybe we need to do that on another episode we'll have you back and we'll do a whole experience <laughs> oh my god the amount of topics like that could bring so talk to me about oracle city yeah. what was the like origination of it i yeah. mean your whole social media platform even kind of like shifted as mm-hmm. well right like um you know just following you a lot of your page was about you mm-hmm. and exposing yourself mm-hmm. and not you being like, you know, um, with ego, it was yeah. you sh- exposing yourself and being very vulnerable. Um, and then also sharing with people like who you are and what you do because yeah. you want to engage with people so that they know that they can mm-hmm. reach out. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but it shifted. Yeah. It shifted to this Oracle city, um, you know, stuff you're going to yeah, share yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. And I, it catches my attention and crazy enough, like, I stop and listen to every single like I'll be skimming on my feed sometimes and every time I see one of those posts I stop and listen yeah. because I'm intrigued with what you have to say but also like I just like listening to people talk <laughs> I can so literally nice. just close my eyes and listen oh to her talk gosh, all day that's so nice um, but yeah share with me because I, I think it's 
beautiful and interesting. Yeah, thank you. I think actually I'll touch on one point first. So social media has actually always been really hard for me because it's all about the self. Mm-hmm. And I've always been someone that's like, how can it be about everyone else? Not mm-hmm. necessarily from like a depleting standpoint, but I'm like, how can we create more than just us? Yep. And that's why I think I struggle with social media because yep. it's so like me, 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 me. And I'm like us, 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 us. So, you know, of course, coaching one-on-one for so long was just me as a as a sole entity. Um, and then Oracle city was birthed out of coming off of a really profound trip. And that was Mexico. Yeah. Come, yeah. I had lost my grandmother who was so, so close to me. And I, oh, I think like we sorry. have an even deeper relationship now, um, from like a spiritual standpoint, mm-hmm. which is great. I, she was, I think she like pushed me to go on that trip, but, uh, yeah, it was just birthed out of, being, I believe in all of that. Yeah. So. It was birthed out of being clear that. So Oracle city, that it's, deeply difficult to find spiritual consciousness and community in the concrete jungle it's just it's really hard here yeah. to find it to feel safe to do it to let your ego down enough that you'll say, there's show a lot of up ego. there's yeah. so much ego here um and it's really and it's been hard for me to find that community and i'm so interested and i went to tulum and i was there and i was like oh wow i'm not an alien like i'm actually accepted here there are healers here there was so much ceremony there and i felt so safe because it was normal mm-hmm. whereas here it's not normalized yet mm-hmm. and it's important and there's so many people that are looking for it and that it's actually so innate within them so it's about having a platform um spiritual conscious platform where and our whole mission is elevating spirituality and mental well-being through connection and creative consciousness i'm a creative and i've always been someone that's like i like this and i like this and i want to try this and it was important for me to have a space where i can dabble in all of that for myself as well as but for share you. with other people exactly and for you to find the modality and the tool for you to heal because it's so different for everyone you know i've been in therapy and have mentorship for the last three years but that's not what's comfortable for everybody Mm -hmm. it could be reiki for you it could be sound Mm -hmm. for you it could be coming to a ceremony for you i want you to try something that at least starts your journey yeah and so oracle city is all about bringing in facilitators running ceremony educating you on all these different topics but also a serious note of like your mental health and your mental well-being is important let me show you some of the resources so that you can get started um, side note, mm-hmm. is your target demographic women? Is it young women? Is it women yeah. and men? Like, yeah. like, who do you target for these experiences? Yeah, so it's interesting because I've done like this avatar profiling a couple times, right? And and I've always been thinking more of the younger generation because I want them to grow with me. Yeah. Um, I would say absolutely women gravitate to this a lot more sometimes than men do. And there's nothing wrong with that. It's yeah. just what's natural. Um, it's inclusive to everybody. But I would say that I find the people who gravitate the most towards me are women 28 to 35. Like mm-hmm. that's really who I think it's a listening. pivotal point in your life. Yeah. Right? It goes back to what you were saying earlier that, you know, in your twenties, that, that, that period of that fast, hard life is it's okay mm-hmm. because it allows you to figure out what's mm-hmm. next for you. But the thing is that as a, a sudden, eventually you hit this wall that can be very detrimental to you. If you don't figure out what your next move is, because you know, you can almost become lost in the shuffle, totally. right? And you get com- to a place of comfortability with yeah. the way you've always been doing things. Or you decide, what's next for me? Am I bored? Do I want more? Do I want to stay stagnant? Do I want to stay for here? Sure. Maybe it's not stagnant. Maybe it just feels good. Yeah, you know? yeah. So it's kind of interesting that that is the age that mm-hmm. is most captivated and drawn to this because mm-hmm. I think that's a very pivotal point, especially for women, right? We're deciding 
Do we want to be career women? Do we want to be mothers? Do we want to be both? Do we want to be with a partner? Do we want to do this independently? Absolutely. Or do we want to grow before we get into a partnership? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's, it's kind of interesting that that is like, the group the that draws to it yeah yeah and I've always been someone too that has has learned and, and understood you know I started life coaching at 28 29 mm-hmm. and I had so many people say to me you know you kind of have to have some life under uh, you to be able to, to guide yeah. others and I've always been humble about the fact that you know I have many years to go before I can I can take on certain demographics but yeah I wasn't sure if people my age were going to trust me enough to, to to let them know that I could teach you and guide you yeah. so I was like oh maybe it'll be a bit of a younger market but I've been pleasantly surprised that most of the people that gravitate are in my in sort of my same category I think the the thing that's interesting about what you're saying right now is that I do agree that people feel most comfortable when they feel somebody has their own experiences, Mm -hmm. you know, to, to be able to guide someone. Yeah. But also your experience is also elevated by a lot of education, right? Like, you know, what somebody your age that maybe is on your, your, I guess your playing field, you know, Mm -hmm. same, same realm of world and things going on in their life might still be years behind you because they haven't exposed themselves to all the information and, um, and not only experiences, but just like going back to, you know, Tulum and and the exposure that you had to a certain culture Mm -hmm. and, and that those experiences that sets you light years ahead of somebody who's maybe the same age as you were in the same life, um, point as you, but you know what I mean? For sure. Um, so I'm curious, though, about, like, you know, your response from men in regards to some of this stuff. This mm-hmm. is just kind of something I'm intrigued by because yeah. I feel like culture has taught men to be less vulnerable. Um, and over time, that's progressively improving. Mm-hmm. I think society has made it become more acceptable for men to share their feelings. And, like, we push for that. But in terms of spirituality and, I mean... A lot of men I know really do have a focus on their health and their well-being, right? And mm-hmm. a lot of it also comes with a connection to uh, personal development, financial development, yeah. and, you know, growing in their careers and stuff. Yeah. So it's interesting, like, what has been your connection with men in terms of this spirituality, like, journey mm-hmm. and stuff? So I would say one of the first things that comes to mind is sort of this embodiment as every individual, we have sort of this feminine and this masculine Mm -hmm. energy, right? I think sometimes I show up with a lot of masculine energy Mm -hmm. and I have to be like, okay, dial it back a little bit so that I can blend or be receptive to something. So I think it's the same with men. I think that we've been sold as a culture to play our roles and you know as women hold space for the feminine and as men hold space for the masculine and i think that when it comes to spirituality and men it's allowing men to have the grace in the space that you have feminine energy within you and that's being able to listen or being receptive or being supportive or asking questions or taking time for you and slowing down i think it's also a death of the ego like how much is your ego running uh-huh. the show and i think it's allowing some of those those feminine qualities to come through and not be scared of them the same way that women can be intimidated by embodying a lot of our masculine qualities and not being afraid of them Mm -hmm. so i would say it's really about this the the balance of the yin and the yang um i've coached some men and it's been profound to see that they are just as deeply sensitive or introspective as women are and um to give them a chance to be heard but they have to be willing i think it's also a sense of willingness when it comes to men (sighs) you I feel like there's something 
um, profound about you in particular. You, I, I, I'm not even just saying this to like flatter you. You know what yeah. I mean? But there's something you are very, you do allow this like sense of openness and like I said, for anyone who's been exposed to it and been in a room with you, yeah. I can see why, you know, it could be challenging for someone to feel like they are going to step into that phase mm-hmm. and realm and open up. Mm-hmm. But when people sit down with you, I'm sure that there's a sense that kind of like of calmness that washes yeah. over because there's just something about you and your energy too, right? Yeah. Um, Things about creating containers for men where they feel safe mm-hmm. too. You know, it's your it's, authenticity as well, yeah. I think, that makes it a little different, right? Because sometimes we sit down with people, whether it's a therapist or a counselor, mm-hmm. and it almost feels like a, like a blind date, right? Where right. you have this wall up and they have a wall up and nobody knows how much they want to let their wall down because when you have a relationship like that, the therapist is not intended to expose or share themselves, right? Mm-hmm. Or counselors not there to do that. They're just there to listen and hear you and help for guide sure, you. For sure. And it almost, that's almost the intimidating part, right? Right. Because you're sitting and you're exposing yourself completely to someone who's not. And so I think the difference when it comes to somebody sitting down with you and talking to you, even though the mission is the person that you're, you know, you're working with. Yeah. Um, you've already shared a lot of yourself and who you are and there's like this vulnerability already about you and I think that's very unique to what you do true and I think to touch on your point is you know the idea of therapist counselor or whatever is and even just the way we live there's this idea of hierarchy and expertise yeah and I think one of my biggest missions is equality and it's I might have a background in a certain area but I'm just as equal as you are and Mm -hmm. I think that that needs to be more of the conversation I love that you can feel safe I love that perspective it doesn't matter what you have who you are how much schooling or education what level of direct or executive you are how much money you have what you have like put me in a room with you a, a basic room yeah. just the two of and us level the we're two field. human yeah. beings and yeah. I think that that's a huge thing for me is that I'm no better than than anyone that's willing to like share their story or their journey what would you say your purpose is what's your purpose Ooh. um that's a really good question I think my purpose is to heal myself through others. I think that, I that. yeah, I think my purpose is to find myself through other people. Um, yeah. Do you feel like you're doing that? Yes. Feel- yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. It's so beautiful. It really is. You know what? I, I haven't known you for very long, but just even seeing the transformation from like meeting you at that workshop mm-hmm. to now and just like your progression and your growth and just like this, being and confidence Mm -hmm. like it's it's impressive and it's like inspiring as well um and just seeing even the progression and like what you're doing right like you know when we first connected about what you do you were on a very like I wouldn't say beginner level, but you were, you were, you were figuring it out. Like what, what was your thing? What is your niche? What is your specific, you know, um, thing that you, that makes you, you, that people would be drawn to and to see you have created like Oracle city and the sound healing and all these things. And then to do your independent like sessions as well. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's, it's nice to see the progression for you as well. Yeah. So I think you're like achieving your purpose. If, if my opinion, counts, I appreciate anyway. it for sure. I mean, I think to open up the conversation is there's always been self-criticism and even like self-loathing of like trying to figure it out, you know? And I think any entrepreneur, like, there's no doubt that this is my path and my journey and I haven't always been successful, but I've just never quit. I think that that's something that's been really important for me to say, but 
throughout the whole time, there's been this like self-critic, self-critic, self-critic that I've had to work through. And I think one thing is to just like keep going at it and it'll finally refine. Cause I had like, before I even knew you, I had like radical development. <laughs> it like went nowhere. And then I started building essence and impact with like another creative partner. Mm-hmm. And I learned so much about being in a partnership and you know, it's only now basically three years into my new career have I have I gotten a lot clearer and I think it's about really embracing the truth because I've been very hard on myself in the sense of I love so many things I want to try so many things and I've had so many people say to me well you got to focus on one thing and I'm like but that's not who I am I want to enjoy all of these things so OC is so much about like bringing so many different things elements to one place. into all of it yeah you know i think that's funny because i i kind of relate that back to the podcast and you were saying something earlier about like doing what you do mm-hmm. so that you can help people as a community yeah. and it's funny because and like you know it not being necessarily about me and like my ego but like i love doing these podcasts because one i think i said on the check-in with keith that we did on episode seven we talked about like I have some dope ass friends and I feel so blessed that every time I sit down and think of like, who do I want to sit down and talk to next? That I just have this like never ending like roster of people that I think bring really amazing things to like the community and I can sit down with them and somehow thematically all of these dots like connect, Mm -hmm. you know, like I'm relating back to the last episode or episode three or, you know, yeah. And every episode I do that because something there's something that happens that like washes over all of the episodes that Mm -hmm. connects back to each other Mm -hmm. and the messaging, you know? And for me, it's been very therapeutic. I've learned a lot about myself, even just in like nine episodes, you know, but I'm learning about the people that I'm exposed to. I'm learning about what they do for other people. And it's like, I don't know. It's just very like therapeutic to me as well. So I feel like for anyone who listens, if it's not, this episode maybe it's the last one that they connected with you know so that's why I'm, I'm hopeful that people continue to listen because if the last episode didn't resonate maybe this one will because yeah. i'm talking about something completely different with somebody totally yeah, different yeah. but you know things connect um so taking it to kind of like you know it's funny because we, we I, I didn't say this at the beginning of the episode <laughs> but we decided to name this episode like light into dark right yeah. and we talked about you know some of the dark periods that you kind of went through and you know I've gone through my fair share as well and it's funny because I think that right now I'm probably at my best if you will like mm-hmm. you know mentally I'm in a good place uh, in my intimate relationship I'm in a good place my friendships I've gotten really uh, particular about like again who I keep at my table For who's sure. around me and stuff and I think that it goes back to what you were saying, you know, like all of that feeds into like who you are and what mm-hmm. your spirit Every feels like. Every single thing does, for sure. So um, talk to me kind of about like your personal relationships, right? Like I'm not asking you to like deep dive into like, yeah. you know, what, but like what has this experience done for you in terms of like your personal relationships, your friendships, partnerships? Like experience with OC or just like the last few years or just like the last few years of kind yeah. of like exposing yourself more and more to this because you talk a lot about like what it's done for you yeah um individually but how have you seen it resonate in like your relationships yeah I mean I think have you lost a lot of them or have you gained I lost relationships ones? when I stopped drinking for uh, sure mm-hmm. I lost like friends who I thought were really good friends that weren't actually my friends I think that was like because the basis was yeah like social yeah yeah which was tough and that was partially my responsibility and then also just realizing you know how people serve us but um 
Yeah, I think it's safe to say that relationships are the most difficult aspect of life, I think. Mm-hmm. And not difficult in the sense that they're hard, but just... Navigating? Yeah, like we all just have such a background yep. to come together and try and find our way and and, and have understanding or compassion or he acceptance. He calls it luggage. Or, we all come into oh, it with we all luggage. Come, for sure. We come with so much. So I would say with relationships, well, one is I can only love someone as much as I'm willing to love myself. Mm-hmm. I can only nurture someone as much as I'm willing to nurture myself. Um, it I remember one of the biggest things at that workshop that I met you was helping people realize that the only constant is you mm-hmm. and that everything outside of you is external mm-hmm. or sorry, everything that is outside of you has some, an opportunity to change. Yep. Um, so that's been a huge thing for me. I've had to let go. I, I don't, I'm not a controlling person, but I definitely, I was have, literally I this know. Is going through my head right now. Like it does go back to that. Like want the need to have everything yes. the way you want it. And yeah. as I think sometimes as a creative or an entrepreneur or, you know, those are all elements of like, this is mine. This is my yep. control. I get to call the shots. And I've really had to learn in relationships with people that I have no idea how you're going to show up. I have no idea how you're going to react, how mm-hmm. you're going to respond, who you're going to be and I, and allowing people to be them. And I think also I've really learned to be okay and it's been huge for me to to grow and mature is i'm not afraid to lose people anymore same that's a huge thing to to be able to be free Mm -hmm. because as women or as people we will modify our personalities because we're scared to lose you Mm -hmm. and i've lived enough now to be like if someone's meant to stay in my life or be in my life or have this relationship it's gonna work and we're gonna make it work so I can be free and if you want to go, you can go. And mm-hmm. that's been something that I've I've has been helpful for me to learn. Because love isn't necessarily a relationship that's active. Mm-hmm. I still love people who have left my life. They maybe don't think I do yeah. or don't know that I do, but yeah. I still have so much love for you, even if you're not in my life. And I so, agree. I agree that's completely. Been something that I think is huge. Um I've had that conversation multiple times with different people, just kind of like it goes back to, I, n- I never get the wording of this right, but like people are in your life for a season, a reason, reason or, a, or lifetime. a lifetime, right? My mom and says that to me. Yeah, but it's true. It's and my so mom true. used to say, you can only count your real friends on one hand. Yeah. yeah. But, um, you know, everybody comes into your life for a reason. Yeah. They also leave when their time, you know, when that relationship has expired. Yeah. Um, but it goes back to what you're saying, right? Like, it doesn't necessarily mean that all of the sentiment that you had for that relationship goes out the door for when sure. they leave. Um. It might just mean that it doesn't belong at this place and at this time anymore. So, And I think that's actually been one of the difficult parts of relationships mm-hmm. is to discern who you want to work for and how much effort you put into something or mm-hmm. who you're willing to like step back and allow people to just do their thing. Yeah. That's something for me because like, you know, quality of life comes from effort mm-hmm. and we need effort in every area of our life and that includes relationships. So that's been something that I'm like still learning. I like the idea of the um, understanding. I think people need to be more conscientious about the fact that uh, what you said about the only constant is yourself. And it kind of goes back to like, again, the last episode where Miguel was talking about me versus me. It's like the only person that's going to wake up and like run or get your shit together is you. Mm -hmm. So like you can't be nobody else is responsible for you. You Mm -hmm. can make people feel accountable for you, but Mm -hmm. they're not. Truthfully, Mm -hmm. you're accountable for yourself. Right. Mm -hmm. And so harshly remembering that the only constant is you is like you have to have a very good relationship with yourself yeah and you know we always hear people say that especially when it comes to like dating and intimate relationships like 
you you can't be with somebody you can't love somebody if you don't love yourself right and it's like it's such a cliche thing but it really is a fact because if you are not comfortable in your own self your who you are facing your hard truths about yourself then like how are you supposed to accept somebody else's flaws and imperfections and challenges you know yeah yeah Um, it's a lot of work i think like let's it is work (laughs) it's just even point like how much work it is to take care of ourselves to love ourselves Mm -hmm. and self-love has become such a you know a loud idea and and it's a truth but it has become so loud as well and self-love is not just like bubble baths and candles and like eating right it's like like looking yourself in the mirror and Mm -hmm. really being able to admit how much pain you're in or what you're actually going to do or who where you need to admit your wrongs and it it takes a lot of work to take Mm -hmm. responsibility for ourselves it's not just like lotion the thing that's <laughs> you know what I mean? like, not just not the body work <laughs> you know what I'm saying um you know it takes a strong person also to be aware that the person that you maybe are deciding to share those harsh truths with or hard truths with or um ask to like reson like have your things resonate with them that yeah. the other person might not be in the same place that totally. you're in and that can be a struggle as well because you might be trying to be this elevated person and grow you know internally and share it with somebody who's possibly not understanding that mindset For or sure. no knows not necessarily because that's their fault but necessarily knows how to value that right? yeah yeah um, they have their own work to do and they might not even know it yet right it's so, so true yeah tolerance has been something i've really had to learn too right because we don't want to give up on people just because of where they're necessarily at but we have to give people the capacity to at least try yeah like i love my mom she might hear this she might not and we're definitely on different spiritual journeys and i remember i gave her this profound book the spiritual mm-hmm. book that i just was so immersed in and thought it was so fantastic i <laughs> passed it on to her to read it i'm laughing because i feel like i know your reaction <laughs> i passed it on to her to read it and she was taking forever to read it and my perception that i took on was she doesn't care mm-hmm. she doesn't care about the work that i do and she doesn't care what i'm mm-hmm. doing and i remember like i was packing up my stuff or something and um, I was like, I'm going to take this book back. And she was like, well, I'm not done reading it again. I'm like, well, you don't really care. And we got into this argument about this book. And I saw my mom's vulnerability so real in this moment. She's like, I'm trying. She was like, I'm trying to get through this. This is hard for me. Like, I'm yeah. trying. It makes me emotional to think about it because I was so hard on her because I yeah. thought that she wasn't willing. But she was. She was just at her own pace. Yeah. And I think with others, we Pacing. have to give people the grace to be like okay if you're gonna try let me like give you some grace and patience and that's grace is a very um powerful word and i don't think people um think about it enough and it's interesting that you chose that word because i feel like people we live in such a fast world and such a high pressure environment all the time that we forget that people need a little bit of like grace and patience and um it doesn't mean don't have boundaries, you know, but you, you have to be able to distinguish the difference between somebody who needs that grace and patience mm-hmm. and boundaries. Mm-hmm. So talk to me about something um, that I'm like, <laughs> I'm always intrigued by. I literally, it's why I stop on the videos. Like, talk to me about astrology and yeah. like, what, like, I, so I'm always like, let me hear what she has it's to say so about fun. my side. It's so much fun, you know, I think the element of that life for me is like it's fun and it's creative and it's magical but it's also like very scientific driven yeah it's very art driven mm-hmm. um it's sort of a blend of the two i think a big point that i like to make is that if we believe that we have more important strength or 
presence than the stars in the cosmos yeah. do. Like, if we think that we're bigger than that, like, we need a reality check because that's I way that. bigger than us, right? It's been here way longer than we've been, and it's just, it's science. Yeah. So I think that's, like, something I like to preface before people kind of roll their eyes. And, you know, I've kind of been into it for the last 10 years. I remember my bur- my first reading was probably 10 years ago. It just really helps you understand certain facets of your life, like what your weaknesses are and where you can highlight. Like, I know that you're a Leo. I'm a Capricorn. And even Mm -hmm. in those two embodiments, like coming from a place of confidence and being self-driven and making things happen and going after what you want and believing in yourself Mm -hmm. versus someone who's also highly career driven, a lot of wisdom, someone who climbs and climbs and climbs as as the Capricorn archetype is. Mm -hmm. There's so much that goes into it. I'll always suggest someone to get a birth chart reading and have a conversation with an astrologer that um, has a solid background. But I just think it's an element to play. It's an element that is innate within you. Mm-hmm. And it's given me, um, I mean, with the ceremonies that we do, it's so cool to see how the full moon and like the new moon is mm-hmm. really this incredible cycle. And if you come to a ceremony, you will be astounded because they're so magical. I'll, come. I'll be there soon. But I think, you know, even when you hear the word Oracle city, there's like a sparkle to it. Yeah, and, for sure. And I think that that's a part of who I and am. Intrigue. Yeah. Like magic and sparkle, but astrology is so cool. And I suggest everyone to, to understand a little bit more about themselves It's also from like a compatibility and like friendship yeah, standpoint. I agree. Um, do you get do you ever deep dive you know i know that there's like this is your moon sign this is your sun sign and then there's like numbers and like specifics like you know i know that i might be a different leo than someone who's born two weeks prior to me or whatever you know like based on those variations and everything yeah i mean i'm not an astrologer so i you just like it yeah i just love it i really do and i'm a coach and a speaker so i like usually will absorb information and then can facilitate it and she literally walked in and looked at keith and was like so what what is your sign (laughs) i see as he's creatively setting up everything with like with not saying anything pisces mode um there's so much that goes into it and i like to say yeah i'm not an astrologer Mm -hmm. i just i've been looking at it and studying it i read about it all of the time and then Mm -hmm. i facilitate sort of in this space but um yeah there's you have 12 houses every single person has each little zodiac in mm-hmm. themselves depending on your moon your ascendant your venus your mars I like it's it. so it's cool it's cool to to know who you it's, are it's and interesting because it, it's a deeper connection to like mm-hmm. the universe and yeah. the environment that connects back to you and i've like, always been intrigued by yeah, it and it's like okay to play and have fun yeah like what, think, what's the harm yeah in, in thinking that these things are you know totally <laughs> it's totally i think that's the thing as, as we get older and something that i really want to embody is like it's okay to play it's okay to believe yeah. in the magic it's okay to let go yeah it's okay to believe in something maybe you don't believe in but whatever it's just so i have an interesting question for you yeah so one of my very good friends i call her like my sister um she's a very spiritual person she does a lot of moon readings and all mm-hmm. these things she considers herself a witch yeah so what is your perspective on this word <laughs> you know because there's a lot of stigma <laughs> around that yeah. and for someone um, who's very open about it, like herself, you know, she's gone on dates and like tells people and people, people are either like, what the fuck? <laughs> or they're intrigued by it. Or they're a spiritual person that already knows what she means when she says what she says mm-hmm. and, and is able to mm-hmm. connect with it. Mm-hmm. So like, what are your, what are your thoughts on that? Or like, what yeah. do you think it means? And yeah. Interesting. Um, okay. So I'll say I curveballed you. Curve, no, no, no. That's, curveballed okay. You. <laughs> that's okay. No, I mean, here's some, here's some truth about it as a woman. Mm-hmm your sacral and 
and womb creative area is mm-hmm. a powerful manifesting mm-hmm. center. Okay. Like it is a powerful space to be. And as a woman, you can really, if you have clarity of mind, if you sit in meditation, we all have the ability to manifest, mm-hmm. you know, as humans, we have powers. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying we're all magicians, but what I'm saying is we know how to manifest things. That things. is yeah. we're energy. Yeah. That's just what yeah. it is. So I think like when it comes to the witch, witch area, it's fun for you. If you claim that, if you want to claim the fact that you can make things happen, that you know how to manifest, that you have powers, then then believe it. I think like believing whatever your truth is, is going to manifest in your life. But I do think that as women, you know, and talking about the chakra system, your third eye gives you an opportunity to see things clearly. Mm-hmm. I would say water signs like Pisces, Cancer, Scorpio, they mostly have an intuition and an ability about them to see... Key? to see things before they happen to intuitively pick up on on others so you know the witch idea for sure manifestation psychic abilities clairvoyance clairaudience mm-hmm. i think it's all i think it's all real and cool and you know i think i love it i love spirituality yeah the only thing i think when people hear witch is like i'm gonna cast a spell on you yeah and i don't believe in like black magic because i don't want i believe in karma and mm-hmm. i would never put anything against anyone because it all comes back yes. and I think like Agreed. sometimes that witch idea of like they're gonna do something to me and I'm gonna get it it's like I wouldn't be too worried about we don't that. want any bad <laughs> bad vibes over here no bad juju um I wanted to ask you like what's next for you what's what's in the stars for you what's next for you what do you think Ooh. is next for you and what do you want to be next for you yeah um, what have you been manifesting mm-hmm. hmm, that's a good question I mean building community is huge for me mm-hmm. i'd really like to see it get a lot larger mm-hmm. i want people to find their place i would the love world. to be a part of yeah, it yeah at my event planner side i'm willing yeah, to help you, you with come. whatever amazing too. so i think like building the community is is definitely important to mm-hmm. me i would say having more confidence for self-promotion because i kind of like tend to be behind the scenes mm-hmm. a lot of the time is really important to me um Need your Leo to come out. Yeah, I know. It's interesting. Up, it's like up, actually an area of my life that's not that strong. Like I definitely have an inner self confidence, but mm-hmm. when it comes to like, hey guys, this is the yeah, I do struggle and I think yeah. like I'm willing to admit that. But uh, manifesting more ceremonies, more travel. Mm-hmm. I've been my career is starting to get a little bit it is has become so much more clear that the conversation around partnership for me has has gotten loud business partnership no like romantic Personal. yeah i've been single for Gosh, four years ready to mingle no, just joking. yeah yeah <laughs> i mean family has been something that's really come up but yeah i think it's just really about getting clear on my vision and my mission and sharing it and, and keeping on going like mm-hmm. my career has always been the most important thing to me and it's taken me time to get clear and but so i think your your career is a is so much more than just your career it's mm. who you are as a person it's right? so true and your career is connected to your spirituality your yeah. mindset all of that yeah. so for the focus for that to be your primary and only focus yeah only makes sense because sure. you've now figured out so much about yourself yeah as an individual that like putting that on the well no but seriously like putting that on the back burner would only be like Mm -hmm. you know detrimental to you and so now you're in the best place for like knowing what's next for you in terms of a personal relationship yeah yeah i also think like i want to learn through commitment Mm -hmm. i think that there's something that comes along with when you decide to like commit to something mm-hmm. or someone mm-hmm. and what comes up for you to be able to like I think that's your my next sort of spiritual yeah. assignment is how can I manage this what I'm building but also have someone in my corner that 
that really supports and accepts and understands me. I think like acceptance and understanding is huge for me. But I'm, I'm like smiling, manifesting I'm love. Hopefully, she's manifesting some love. I hope so. I'm I'm smiling because I'm kind of <laughs> curious about like what dating someone like you would be like That's because. I'm not all composed like this you know, all the time. Well, you know, it's funny because I I went to school and did a lot of social work, but my focus was mostly like youth and adolescents, right? But following that, I worked w- in foster care for a few years mm. and I worked with um, children that were dealing, well, not ch- children, adults as well, um, but it was like dealing with children because a lot of them had fetal alcohol spectrum Ooh, disorder, right? Yeah. So, you know, physically, they're a 25-year-old or a 28-year-old or a 30-year-old, but in their brain, in their their physicality, hmm. you know, it's like dealing with a child. And depending on at what point their mother drank during their pregnancy, you know, I could be dealing with a 25-year-old that responds like a 5-year-old hmm. or a 25-year-old that responds like a really upset 17-year-old, you know? Really, yeah. So you didn't ever really know quite what you were getting with this package of a, of a human being, right? Mm-hmm, and that's mm-hmm. the same for anybody, but there was a very un, unsure, you know, uncertainty. So... It's kind of interesting because a lot of what I studied was like nonviolent crisis intervention or like uh, conflict prevention and all these things, right? That like really taught you how to deal with someone from a very standard place, right? Like really like being on a a level playing field with them. Yeah, Yeah. very objectively um, and respectfully, right? Like understanding that somebody coming to you is coming to you because like if they're dealing with a problem or a situation, they're coming to you because they are being a little bit more vulnerable. Yeah. Right. And so going into personal relationships, like, you know, Keith knows we struggle with this a little bit. I'm, <laughs> I'm someone who wants to resolve and that comes a lot from that background. Right. Like I right. always want to just like fix and resolve and talk right. it through whatever. Right. Not everybody responds like that. Sometimes people need space to step away. And that's something that we're still learning. But like, I always think it's interesting for someone like yourself, mm. you know, who has all this education and all this experience and all this exposure and understands different types of people, like what it could be like to be in a relationship with someone like that. Right. Yeah. Because like, will that person feel like you're like, <laughs> I, I don't I know. know. I know that's tough too. I get that. I mean, I think I've had some recent conversations, mm-hmm. even just like with, with dating here and there. Mm-hmm. Um, I just have to be with someone that's willing to do the work as well, because, you know, I've done enough work now that if you say something, thing to me and it makes me feel overwhelmed and from your perspective you have no idea that that's happened and I'm explaining to you that when you say this in this tone of voice it reminds me of this and I feel <coughs> like this I'm hinting at do you know what I mean <laughs> well like when I do that they could be like what the fuck are you talking yeah, about you say the or they're like <laughs> I totally see where you're coming yeah. from let me be receptive so it makes the difference as to are they doing the work so that they can understand mm-hmm. me? I think that's like a big thing. And that's not always easy to find. But also I think for me is when my, I've noticed like when I have really intense emotional feelings, I tend to want to run. Mm-hmm. So it's also like me too, like looking at what, like am I like sticking it out when things for me get tough or. And that goes back to the commitment thing. Yeah. For sure. Exactly. Commit. So yeah. seeing like how I can show up in commitment based on knowing my own I'm really curious to see when this when this person comes into your world what this will play out I know and you're like one of the second people that have said that to me recently because they're just you know who who are you going to end up partnering with I know I don't know Uh, I could also be one of those people who just ends up you know a solo angel or not solo (laughs) multiple plenty of partners um no I you know it's interesting because 
hearing you say that, um, part of my growth of my relationship with Keith really came from a place that he was in a very spiritual place, Mm. right? Like he was someone that a Pisces would be. Yeah. (laughs) He, he struggled with a lot of his past, you know, Mm. I did as well. And for him, he was very focused on self and growing and healing and assessing. And I kind of think that I was so used to comfort comfortability. Like, you know, I had a very, I guess, routine relationship starter kit that was kind of like, I know someone, I'm comfortable with them. I don't necessarily put in all the work. They don't put in all the work. And we kind of just are like, now you're my partner, you know? Totally. And to be with somebody who's done a lot of their own individual work is so different. It is. Because it really makes you like stop and reassess. Yeah. And you have to actually, instead of just hearing someone, you actually have to listen to what that person is saying because they've spent a lot of time figuring these things out about themselves. Yeah. And so that's something that we're still like learning and growing. But I mean, that takes time, but it's very different than being with someone who hasn't spent that time figuring their own shit out. Yeah. I mean, that's, I think that it's also like you're you're going to attract who you are, right? Like really, I think that's a big thing. I think for me too is I just won't settle for anything less than what makes me feel like great magic. Yeah. Uh, Like I just, I want magic. She wants to feel like magic. I want full magic in my life. Um, I think we should play this or that. Okay. I'm just skimming to make sure I got to talk to you about (laughs) all the things I want to talk to you about, but let's play a game of this or that. I just want to say this was, um, I stumbled on my words a little bit, a lot on this pod, but just because I'm like thinking of all the things connected to you and just like this for me was a very like profound conversation. Mm. Um, and I hope anyone listening kind of like we, we talked about this episode and I do, I'll be very transparent here. Before I start an episode, I always touch base with the person that I'm going to sit down with and um, share with them the, you know, the context of the conversation. I I never create interview questions. I never want this to be like anything less than an organic conversation. I think this was, you know, a great example of that. But we talked about the episode being called, you know, um, is this your sign or something along the realms of that, right? Mm -hmm. Or like if you're looking for a sign, this Mm -hmm. is it, right? Mm -hmm. And I think for anyone listening, I would hope that this opens up something for them internally for sure. that allows them to dig a little deeper or want to pursue digging a little deeper if yes. they're not doing so already. Um, but yeah, this was just really profound for me, even to just dig a little deeper into like who you are and what you're doing, because, you know, we met at an event that was like a professional thing for you. Right. But like we've grown a little bit of a personal relationship mm-hmm. on the side and we have a mutual friend, which is lovely yeah. as well, but we've grown, you know, our communication has grown over like the last year or so. And now it's like two years. Yeah. Oh I mean, two Time years flies. ago. I know. Um, but yeah, so to be able to sit down with you and dig a little deeper into this and like have conversations with you about it that are not in the midst of you, you know, working, working mm-hmm. is, is really refreshing. And I hope that, it connects with somebody and actually is a sign for them like you know to do the work or to want to be more vulnerable or want to be around people who are doing the work in our i hope so So. i think you know i think that's literally the answer to the planet is that if you can work on yourself then everyone around you when is that ever a bad thing i know i know well i mean it's the answer it really is if if everyone had a better relationship with themselves they'd be kinder they'd be more considerate of the planet they'd be a lot more willing they'd be open to their families like it really comes down to relationship with self at, at a primary level i think that that is the most important thing you can do 
I love it. Okay, so let's do a little this or that. And I was just like speed round, like you're gonna. It's kind of like say the first thing you think about. We might dig a little bit into your answer because I might be curious. But let's see what we got. Okay, I love it. Would you rather always be ten minutes late or always twenty minutes early? Twenty minutes early. Ooh, love it. Is that part of your sign? (laughs) Oh yeah, that's Capricorn energy for sure. Okay, this is a weird one. Would you only use a fork and you wouldn't have a spoon, or only use a spoon and you can never use a fork? Fork. Why? I'm curious. I don't know. Like, what if I you need like, to eat soup? I feel like spoons are like just too much metal. <laughs> like, I don't like That's it. That's interesting. Yeah. Okay. Um, this is interesting because <laughs> we talked about sound being so important, but we also talked about health being so important. Mm. Would you rather give up music for an entire never, month? Never. Or would you rather give up fitness for an entire month? I would never give up music. She would never give never. up music. I'd give up fitness for a month. For yeah. Sure. Yeah. She'll just her music, her music is, is so her healing. Fitness. I know music is so healing. If you had to name your favorite artist, who would it be? Oof. Off the top of my head, yeah. right now, probably yeah. Frank Ocean. I love that. Yeah. Um, is it his voice? Is it his? It's his just lyricism. Genius. And yeah, his genius. And I think like look how relevant he still is without having putting something out for so long. Um, yeah, it's it's his lyrics. It's his writing. Even his creative branding is so genius. yeah yeah it's true. Um, okay. Let me find something. I haven't done a lot with other people. Okay. You were talking about traveling. Would you rather never leave the city you were born in or move to a new city every single week? Oh, move to... Oh, wait. Can you say it again? Never yeah. leave, okay. never leave ne- Toronto. Never leave Toronto. Yeah. Or have to move every oh, single week. every week. For sure. I would do it too. Yeah. I would do it too. Every so week. much exposure to yeah. things. Okay. Let me see what else we got. I kind of don't feel like I know the answer to this one. I'm going to ask you anyways. Would you rather be forced to dance every time you hear music or forced to sing every time you hear music? Forced to dance. Yeah? Yeah. Oh, so she's a singer, but she really loves to to dance. dance. (laughs) I love to dance so much. Do you think that a lot of... This is just an aside. Do you think a lot of who you were... um, you know, as a party girl or yeah, as yeah, like, yeah. do you think a lot of that changed like loving music or loving to dance or anything that changed with your sobriety? Or did you just find a new way to enjoy these things? This is me. Like, I'm not someone actually, I'm the exact opposite. Mm. I'm not a big drinker. And when I drink, I pretty much have a cap. Um, I've never smoked anything. I've never done any recreational drugs mm-hmm. ever. Like I'm pretty square in that realm. If you had to put a name yeah. on it. Um, but it's funny because growing up when a lot of people were trying things and doing things, I was always kind of like, no, I'm not high. I'm just like, I am a high, like mm-hmm. I'm a high. Right. Yeah. So Oof, I, yeah. my, my question to you, I guess is like the opposite for me. Like I often wonder, would I be a completely different person if I explored those things? Like what would my good time feel like or look like or so would it be the opposite <laughs> you know what i mean like yeah, would i yeah. be this paranoid uncomfortable person it's so interesting there's a couple points to that so i think like i would drink or smoke weed to feel like i had to be a certain version of myself mm-hmm. um i also think i'm the same way like i'm a really i have definitely deal with anxiety but i have like a really high vibrational personality yeah. and i would even drink to bring that down because there were many people that could meet me at that level um also it, it, I don't know why it snapped in, but I think a lot of my drinking and smoking and a lot of that 
really even started because I wanted to be more accepted in the black community because I grew up with my white mom and my white family and I the parties that I started to go to like I don't know if you guys ever heard of escape nightclub but like I used to think that was like my jam at like 17 18 years old and it was this entry point of like wow they're there's like there's, there's this black community yeah. that I've been missing my whole life and now I feel like I'm a part of something. So it's just it's interesting that for many years that was a big thing for me. I just wanted to be like accepted in the black community because I felt like I wasn't. Will you come back on an episode and talk more about that with yeah, me? Yeah, sure. Yeah. I would love to talk to you more about that because um, it actually like popped in my head a little bit about, you know, who you are and your background as yeah. well. Because I think that also um, it goes back to trauma and not to say that that's traumatic, right? Mm-hmm. But like it is part of your identity, I think. Um, and you know, where you're accepted, where you feel comfortable, who you feel you are. Um, I remember when I was in high school, I was part of like the free the children, like community program stuff. Yeah. And we did this like a uh, overnight event in a high school, like a bunch of reps from each high school, like slept at a high school overnight. And we did all that. these like workshops and, there was a girl there and I remember her name was Sarah and she was mixed and she was um, multiracial mm-hmm. and she was like growing up people used to be like well what are you like are you black totally. are you white are you Asian like what are you totally and she would be like I'm me I'm me I'm Sarah yeah like, I don't know how to answer that question I'm the same way and as a little girl, you know, like, how do you answer that? Because people are expecting you to have an answer. And then, you know, your your black community might be expecting you to say, well, I identify this way or your white community, may, you know. Yeah, so it's interesting. I yeah. would love to dive deeper into that and maybe how that connects with your spirituality and, and you know, who you are. And again, you just tied it back to kind of like, um, you know, the smoking and the drinking yeah, and stuff and feeling totally. like a, a bit of identity there. So I would love if you would come back and talk about that stuff yeah. another time. The biracial conversation is really interesting. It got really loud too, like last year when things came up, of yeah. course, with like George Floyd and whatnot. Um, Cause it just wasn't something that was talked about for me. And that's the same way. It's like, I don't identify as black or white. Like mm-hmm. I never even think that I show up as a black woman in the world. Like I forget that a lot of the time. Interesting. And to be honest, I think it's even come up more around the spirituality component. Cause I don't see a lot of black women facilitating, um, spiritual endeavors as well as any personal development work that I do. Mm-hmm. I look around the room and there's not a lot of faces of color. And why is that? You know, is it, because they haven't been introduced or it's just really it is an interesting conversation and being a black woman being able to start those conversations mm-hmm. for BIPOC communities being a person of color in in the spiritual realm because I think personal development and spirituality kind of leans one way sometimes so I also feel like I mean and this is my own perspective you know I'm a white woman so I yeah. could be completely wrong but like I grew up predominantly surrounded by a black community i lived in black homes growing up when i you know my parents were separated and stuff and i think that one thing that comes with the black community is they are taught to not be vulnerable and to not Mm. share a lot of their you know emotions and expose themselves in Mm. very spiritual ways a lot of the time outside of their community right so i think a lot of that also ties in there yeah and i could be wrong but i feel like that's the experience that i witnessed and i was exposed to right I think when it comes to spirituality, a lot of the black community is taught to do that in church or, you know, in their own culture and community. Yeah, yeah, and it's so true. not be vulnerable and yeah. not overshare and overexpose. And that's just a protective 
mechanism. historical mechanism yeah mm-hmm. but that's like such a deep dive but i would love to talk to you more about that stuff yeah that's actually um, important to me too to try and find ways to break down those walls well i mean i think you're probably learning as well right because yeah. especially if you were wa- raised by a white mom like yeah you know your exposure is different as well and you For have sure. to figure a lot out as well yeah all right i'll do one more this or that with you let me find a good one um i feel like they're all like sticking to them let's see what we got what's one we haven't done okay so (laughs) i'm this is one that's kind of come up a lot but i'm interested because just knowing who you are and like you know in nature and spirituality but like would you rather live in a cabin in the woods or live on a beach live on a beach yeah yeah me too the ocean's so powerful well the ocean i guess goes back to the sound baths as well right like yeah a lot of yeah water's so calming for humans it It is is. it's healing feels like it's washing things off i love the beach (laughs) i love the beach so much please (laughs) tell people that um want to reach out to you or just follow what you do um where they can find you and you know yeah things they can be a part of thank you um oraclecity.ca is my platform you can book a personal call with me on there if you want to you know just elaborate on where you're at you can purchase tickets to a moon ceremony on that platform as well you can go to oracle city toronto which is my instagram and yeah some of the programming that i'm rolling out is sober city which is creating awareness and conscious conversation, six-week programming on um, being sober curious. Like, what does that look like in your life? That's something that I've been focused on and trying to find I love that, sober yeah, curious. Yeah, yeah. Interesting. Um, so that's some programming. And we'll probably do some astrology programming a little bit down the line. But I would say, ultimately, coming to ceremony and getting connected to to that element of you is a really great start. Um, also, picking up the phone and, and just starting to talk about where yeah, you're at. Yeah, just is, connect is really with you, important. right? Yeah. Um, if nothing else, sitting in a room with Nicole when she's, when you're trying to meditate and your eyes are closed and you're just hearing her speak and like the sound bath is happening, <laughs> like that is just therapeutic in thank itself. You. So highly recommend. You're so kind. Um, but yeah, thank you so much thank for you. coming on this episode. Um, for anyone listening, I appreciate you listening and I hope that this connected with you in some way. Um, please share this with people because I feel like if it didn't connect with you, it might connect with somebody else. Um, but you can catch every episode on all major streaming platforms, Google Podcasts, Spotify Podcasts, wow, everything. Yeah. And if you want to watch the video and see the lovely Nicole speaking, YouTube, um, it's 818 and Conversate. And episodes drop the 8th and the 18th of every month at 818 p.m. Do you have any, do you, do you know any numerology? <laughs> Tell me something Ooh, about yes, it. Yes, I do. Tell I me do. Before I'm we a off. Life Path 9. I don't know if you know that. No. Yeah, you can, I do know numerology actually, but yeah, I'm like, I think number nine is like the humanitarian, which is quite fitting. Um, I think my number is yeah. actually a nine when I do the like book of numerology yeah. and stuff. Yeah, we just add like your birthday. Yeah, yeah. You can do it like really fast. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I know a little bit about numerology. I feel like it's about reincarnation. Mm-hmm. Like you, when you're at like nine, I'm like, I'm mm-hmm. in one of my last lives. We're so. like cats. <laughs> <laughs> pretty much. So we're pretty, pretty much. much like cats. I know. And is 818 a good number? Is 8 yeah, so good? Yeah, so 8 and 16 and 17 ends up being 8. So I guess it's all universal. Amazing. It's the universal truth. So there you go. There you go. So um, please <laughs> listen to every episode. Like, subscribe, do all the things. But most importantly, I think share because I would love people to hear the things that we're talking about on each episode. But um, 
This is episode nine of 818 in Conversy. And thank you again. Thank I you. appreciate you so it's much. Been amazing chatting with we'll you. We'll have her I back. Appreciate. She'll be back. So yes. this is episode nine and we're out. Thank you.